Well, it's, uh, it's great to be back with you this morning as we uh, continue in our exploration through some of these key teachings in the Bible about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, and as you're probably too familiar now, if you've been around for a few weeks, uh, we, we're trying to go further than just an intellectual look at what the Bible has to say with our heads. That is a good thing. We want to do that. We want to engage our heads. But we're trying to go further than just head knowledge. And we're trying to recognize how the truth of God's word then captivates our emotions, our hearts, and therefore determines our actions through our hands. Uh, And so before we dive in uh, to our topic for this morning, and as Jack has said, we're going to be thinking about justification. Uh, I hope you've found this series to be helpful as you've spent time in God's word. uh, And as we've been looking at different biblical texts and different themes as we see revealed to us in the scripture. Um, And I hope you've been impacted in your head, your heart, and your hands by what God has been teaching you. Uh, And as I said before, I I would love to hear your thoughts on what God has been doing in your life and in your heart through wrestling with his word. Um, If you've been encouraged, wonderful, please share that. If you've been wrestling with things, then then please share that too. Um, I I realize uh, that this is a spoken sermon, um, but but that's never meant to just be a one-way conversation. Um, And so my my door and my inbox is, is always open, so please do. Uh, please do get in touch um, with encouragements, with challenges, with wrestles, with, with wonderful things that God has been teaching you as we've been engaging with his word. It would be wonderful to hear that. And so today we, we have our eighth session in this series. Uh, and as we've said, we're going to be thinking about justification. And to help us with that, we're really going to be spending the majority of our time in just two verses. Uh, that, that might be an encouragement for some of you as over the last number of weeks, we've been taking in lots of different passages Uh, of scripture and maybe you've felt a little dizzy as we've jumped around today we're going to be basing ourselves mainly in two verses at the start of romans chapter five Uh, but in saying that it is of huge benefit for us to move slowly through what god has to teach us uh, in these verses this morning and there's there's so much to savor there is much to enjoy uh, as what god is going to teach us through romans five one to two and what he has to share with us about this wonderful teaching that has become known as justification uh, and so as we before we read those two verses maybe as you're turning there i'd encourage you to do that if you have a bible with you please do that if you don't have a bible um, please do take one of the ones that is sitting in the chairs uh, especially if you don't have one at home then please take that that's our gift to you we'd love you to have a copy of god's word um, but if you're turning it to romans 5 and as you're turning there um, let me just explain that we're jumping into a really uh, significant and wonderful portion of scripture And so we may not be uh, taking lots of notes this morning of all the different passages and references that you can go home to look up. But can I encourage you this week, today, as soon as you leave here, spend time in Romans, particularly chapters 3, 4, and 5, but move slowly through Romans chapter 3, 4, and 5, especially maybe with these thoughts of what justification really is in your head. Um, Because the reason that's important is we see right from the first word that we're going to read here in Romans 5, verse 1 starts with, therefore... And so what follows from this point is going to be based on what Paul's argument has been up until this point. And as we consider chapters 3 and 4, can I just say in a nutshell, Paul has basically been trying to show under God's inspiration as he has written this letter to the the Christians who who met in Rome, he's been showing the reality that Abraham, the, the father of the Israelite people, was justified as a result of his faith rather than justified as a result of his actions. And Paul bases this, if you want to flick back, Uh, to Romans uh, 4 verse 3 we see what the scriptures say Abraham believed God this is a direct quotation from uh, Genesis 15 verse 6 Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness 
And so Paul has been explaining to the Christians in Rome, and God, through his inspired word, is now sharing with all of us who have read Romans in the last 2,000 years since it was first written, that righteousness, that right standing before God, it comes as a result of faith, not as a result of earning our way to that standing, not as a result of some kind of outward obedient action that has earned that righteous standing. It is through faith. And Paul's been explaining through the example of Abraham that it is by faith that God credits righteousness to someone's account. It's not by works. It's by faith. It's not by observance of the law. It's not by some kind of external sign of religion. It is faith. And so that's been the thrust of Paul's argument up to this point. And then we jump into Romans chapter 5. And that's why the therefore is so important. It is with that whole weight of argument behind us that Paul continues into these first two verses of Romans chapter 5. So let's read these words together if you have a copy of God's word in front of you. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. These are rich verses. This is why we're going to just spend our time in these two verses this morning. Uh, But let's read them again and let's go slowly as we work our way through. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Uh, And these are wonderful verses. Uh, And as I said, we will move slowly through them and and seek to understand and enjoy what God has to say to us and how that's going to impact our head, our heart, our hands as we live for him uh, as Christians. Um, And to help us do that and to frame it slightly, I just want to work our way through three questions. Uh, We're going to consider what is justification. Uh, I mean that in terms of definition. What what does it actually mean? Uh, What is justification? How does it work? How does justification work? Uh, And by that I mean uh, on what basis are we justified? Or what basis is the Christian justified? What is the method of it? And thirdly then, what does it mean? Now, now not in terms of definition. We're not going to repeat point one. I, I mean that in terms of what's the impact of justification on us as believers? Um, what does it welcome us into? What does it mean for us? Uh, and so firstly then, what is justification? What does it mean to be justified? Why is that important? Uh, and firstly, I suppose we need to consider why do we need to be justified? And um, why is that significant? Well, Firstly, I suppose, as a a term in and of itself, justification, it brings the sense and brings to mind a a courtroom imagery, a courtroom scene, um, where justice is going to be rendered uh, on a defendant. And and in terms of biblical teaching, God is the judge in this courtroom scene. We are the defendants, and and we are guilty. We stand guilty before him. This is before we come to faith, before we believe and trust in Jesus Christ. We stand guilty before him. Um, So... God is the judge, the charge sheet that stands against us is our sin. That is what is being brought to the judge. Our sin that casts us then from the the presence of this holy and just and loving God. It it destines us for an eternity of punishment under his wrath. That that is what stands against us. That, That sin stands against us as God sits in his holy judgment seat. However, and if I could say that excitedly, I could. However, justification is the glorious reality that that because of Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ, through faith in what he has done and what he has completed on the cross for us, the Christian isn't dealt that punishment. 
And that is only possible because Jesus has, has taken that punishment for us in our place. And, and so we're welcomed into life. We deserve eternal death. No, but in faith we are welcomed into life uh, and because Jesus has completely paid that penalty of sin. That's why Paul can say in Romans 5.1, since we have been justified through faith, that, that charge sheet that, that had our sin that was condemning us is gone. It is dealt with. Only Jesus can deal with it, and he has done completely and utterly. So we have been justified. That's a definite one-time standing. We have been justified through faith. Jesus has paid the debt in our place, and so our sin is removed. And we can be welcomed then into the glorious and joy-giving and life-giving presence of God Almighty. And and so justification isn't just a, a big clever sounding theological term this is the description of the most wonderful and profound reality for the christian one writer defines it this way justification is the gracious act of god in declaring righteous the sinner who believes on jesus christ another writer says justification is the reality of god's counting us as righteous through faith in christ on the basis of christ's perfect righteousness you see justification means that we are declared righteous by God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are declared righteous by God through faith in Jesus Christ. But, but how can this be? How, how can me, a sinner, be declared righteous? Well, the, the wonder of the good news of Jesus Christ is that for those who believe in him, their sin is completely removed. That charge sheet I was talking about is gone. It's taken away, and in its place, righteousness is is bestowed. You see, justification shows that that God doesn't just sort of overlook our sin. He doesn't just turn a blind eye to our sin and accept us. No, he removes sin. Look with me, if you would, at Colossians 2. These are such wonderful, rich verses. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. You see this courtroom analogy again? On our own as human beings, infected by the sin of Adam and Eve in all humanity, we stand condemned. That is where we are. That's without a doubt. We saw that a couple of weeks ago from Ephesians 2. We are by nature deserving of wrath. We are sinners without Christ. On our own, standing in the judgment room of God, we are sinners. We are condemned to death and judgment. Yet, yet, Colossians tells us along with loads of other places throughout Scripture that even in our sinful nature, even in our spiritually dead state, God makes us alive through Christ. He cancels the charge of our legal indebtedness. And how did he do that? He takes it away. Look at Colossians, nailing it to the cross. So that charge sheet that we have that outlines our sinful feelings before a holy God condemns us to an eternal punishment. It is gone. Yes, it's gone. As the 19th century hymn writer so beautifully put it, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. This is the life of the Christian. This is what justification is. This is our new standing in faith in Christ. We bear it no more. 
Our sin is gone. In, in other words, the judge has declared us righteous. So justification means that we are welcomed in to God's loving and saving presence. And so we stand before him without a charge to answer for because Jesus has paid it all. And so if we're trying to define justification of what it is, I'd say it like this. Justification is being declared righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. But secondly, how does that work? How how are we able to be declared righteous? Because we are declared righteous without any effort of our own. That that, that doesn't seem to make any sense to us. Sure it doesn't? But no, it doesn't. And that's exactly the point. In our minds, in our logic, it doesn't make sense. But in the wonder and mystery and grace of God, it makes perfect sense. But as we think about on what basis are we justified? How are we justified? How does this work? Well, that's a question that has that has shaped church history. It was a key question in the Reformation of the 16th century. How are we justified? On what basis are we justified? Well, Paul's been addressing in chapter 4, as we mentioned, that he's been showing from Scripture himself that Abraham was declared righteous. It was credited. He was credited as righteous as a result of his faith. And so Paul goes on in uh, Romans 5, verse 1. Since we have been justified through faith, And so perhaps we need to consider once again, this might be familiar territory for many of us. Some of us have been Christians in the room for a very long time. This is familiar to us. But perhaps we need to recognize the wonder of this, that we are justified through faith and faith alone. See, this might be something that that you know. This might be something you know is true. You would even defend vehemently. We are justified by faith alone. But but I wonder, do we sometimes live in a way that, that shows that we don't fully grasp the reality of that that we're justified by faith that we are justified by faith alone in other words this question gets to the heart of whether there's some aspect of us that, that's still functionally living as though we're still trying to earn that gift from god that, that we're still trying to prove to god in some kind of way that that we're worthy of justification even though we have been justified. But we still, we still feel like we, we need to earn that favor. We need to prove to God that we were a good choice for his justification to be bestowed upon. And that nagging doubt, living in that, it, it can rob us of, of the beauty and the wonder of God's true and wonderful grace. That, that sense that we have to continually earn. See, if we're living in a way, in any way, that, that, would, that we're show that we're trying to prove our worth to God, then then I think we've missed the radical nature of God's grace. We we live in a world where there is no such thing as a free lunch, apart from on Tuesday, when you can come and bring your friends to have a free free lunch, literally, and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But but we live in a world where there's no such thing as a free lunch, and so we struggle with this. We struggle and might be skeptical that God really says that justification is through faith alone, in Christ alone, Is that all? Surely I need to do something. I need to bring something to the table. But to add anything to that statement, to add anything to our understanding that justification is by faith alone, if we then say it's justification by faith plus something else, then we devalue God's lavish grace. And so I don't think we would ever say things like this, but some of us do, and I realize I'm we all do it to an extent, but we need to rid ourselves of this kind of thinking. We would never put it like this, but 
we, we live in a way that is justification, or it might suggest justification by faith plus. Faith plus something else that I can do to show that I'm worthy. Faith plus. Maybe it's faith plus the, the good things I can do. Faith plus the, the regularity of my church attendance. Faith plus my, my generous giving to charity and global mission. Faith plus um, religious activities that I think Christians should do. Faith plus trying not to swear at the traffic. Faith plus reading a bunch of good Christian books. Faith plus a begrudging observance of spiritual disciplines. Faith plus whatever it might be. Now, now please hear me. All of those things are good things. They are godly things. They're biblically commanded things. But they are not a prerequisite for our justification. It is not justified by faith plus. We are justified through faith. And so doing all of those things is good. Regular church attendance is good. Giving to charity and global missions is good. Of course, reading good theologically sound books is good. Absolutely, all of these things are good. But they are not the basis of our justification. Our justification is through faith. And so if we're living in a way that that shows that we believe we have something to contribute to our justification, then, then we're losing, we're robbing ourselves of the joy and the wonder and the freedom of the true gospel. Because the true gospel is Romans 5.1. We have been justified through faith. If you want to dive into that a little bit more, I could recommend reading Galatians, particularly chapter 2. There's so much in here, in Scripture, about the wonder and lavishness of God's grace and how it comes to us through faith. See, faith is all we need because of who our faith is in. Faith is all we need because our faith alone is in Christ alone. See, Jesus has done all that needed to be done. Jesus has satisfied God's wrath. Jesus has defeated sin and death. Jesus has demonstrated God's love for us. Jesus has rose victoriously from the dead. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father, ready to usher in his kingdom in all its fullness and judge the living and the dead. Jesus has done it all. And so faith alone in Christ alone is all we need to be justified. Because that faith is in Christ and on his strength, not on anything that we can bring. And so justification only works because it is faith in Christ. It is only because of what he has done that enables that justification to take place, that charge sheet to be removed. Uh, And so as we answer question two, how does justification work? On what basis are we justified? We are justified through faith, and that faith is in Christ. Now, of course, that faith changes us. That faith transforms our hearts. That faith lives to, leads to a wonderfully renewed life in Christ, which, of course, then the outworking of all of those things that I mentioned, that is a natural outworking of our justification, but it's never the basis of it. So let's think thirdly then about what does this justification mean? What's the impact of our new standing before God? What is this? Grace, justification through faith alone, in Christ alone. What does that lead to? Well, as we read through Romans 5, 1 and 2 again, um, I think we'll see at least two things, and they will appear on the screen. Um, But Paul mentions these two things, at least in these verses, and there's much more that we could say through all of Scripture, but let's pick up on what is is shown us here. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast 
in the hope of the glory of God. So through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. There's two things at least that Christ has won for us. Peace with God and to be in grace. That's what Jesus has accomplished through his life, his death, his resurrection and his ascension. We have peace with God and we stand in his grace. And in my mind, um, I picture Jesus like, uh, and what he has accomplished and all of what he has accomplished as, as the doorway into those two realities. Peace and grace. So it is only through Jesus that we can move from being enemies of God into then through Jesus we are at peace with God. Outside of Jesus we are under his wrath, but through Jesus we are in grace. It is only impossible through only possible because of Jesus. That is what justification means for us. That is where we now find ourselves as believers. We are at peace with God and we are standing in his grace. And so the reality of justification means that we have that peace. We are no longer God's enemies. You keep reading through Romans 5, you get to verse 10, it says clearly that we were enemies of God. But we're no longer that under, under Christ. We are welcomed into, into peaceful presence as his adopted children. And as we mentioned earlier, we're able to do so because our sin is completely removed. It's been nailed to the cross. And as we believe in Jesus, as we put our faith in him, then his righteousness is then credited to our account. Just like Abraham, our, our sinful rags are exchanged for Christ's righteousness. We see this in a couple of other places in Scripture. Isaiah 61, verse 10, where we read, Pass through, uh, sorry, Isaiah 61, verse 10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Or 2 Corinthians 5.21, which is a verse we've looked at regularly before. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that through him, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. And so clothed in Christ's righteousness, we are welcomed in peace into the presence of God Almighty, our Heavenly Father. And so we come in peace. We are at peace with God. And secondly then, we stand in grace. And isn't that a wonderful picture? That we stand in grace. Our, our footing, the foundation that we're on is grace. But not just that. We are in grace. It's, grace envelops us. Grace surrounds us. We are in grace. And once again, we're reminded that we're justified by grace alone. We, we stand firmly in that peace with God on his grace and we stay there by his grace. We're surrounded by his grace. It's not as if we go through the door and then we build up all of the things that we can bring and all of our works and all of our goodness. No, we, we are surrounded by his grace, firmly planted on his grace. We are in grace. And I know we've said it before that this is grace upon grace, but I make no apologies for repeating the fact that God saves us by his wonderful grace. So as we consider justification, as we think about these three questions, what is justification? It is being declared righteous before God through faith alone in Christ alone. Now, how does it work? Well, it works by faith. Nothing of our own we bring simply to the cross we cling. By faith alone in Christ alone. And what does it mean? Well, it means we have peace with God. 
It means that we are in his grace. And therefore we enjoy his presence for all of eternity. And that begins now. The moment we, we bow the knee before him. And therefore we receive that justification. We are in his grace. This is a, a wonderful truth, truth that we've had the privilege of exploring this morning. We've been justified by faith alone and Christ alone. And that brings us into peace with God. And we stand in his grace. And so I pray that you've been encouraged this morning if you're a follower of Jesus. That he has justified you. He has declared you righteous before him. And so as you go from here, I pray that you live in the freedom that that brings. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. And so go and live in the joy and the freedom and the responsibility of that. That life transformed by his grace. You are at peace with God. You stand in his grace. So let your whole life sing of those wonderful, joyful realities. And and, and if you're here this morning and you know you're not in that place before God, you know that you stand before him still with that charge sheet, still carrying the weight of, of sin and the penalty that comes with it, then can I plead with you to turn your gaze to Jesus? He has taken the weight. He has taken the punishment. He has paid the price in full. So would you believe in him this morning? Would you surrender your heart to him? Would you hand over the reins of your life to his lordship and goodness? Recognize that without him, you stand outside of of peace and grace. You stand as enemies and under wrath. But he has come. And he has died and he has rose again and he is coming back so that you would have the opportunity to stand in grace, at peace with God for now and for all eternity. Let me finish just by reading these words again from Romans 5, 1 and 2. And then we'll pray. And then we'll sing before we turn to communion. And what a wonderful morning, isn't it, to celebrate communion again? This, what Jesus has accomplished through the cross, through his death and resurrection, this is how we can be justified. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, our Heavenly Father, we we can't help but marvel at you this morning as we recognize the wonderful lengths to which you went, that salvation plan that you initiated that would bring about our justification. We recognize once again, Father, that, that without you, without your intervention, without your salvation, we stand guilty before you. Yet, because of your great love, Because you are rich in mercy, you have made us alive in Christ. And so we give you our praise. Those of us who know and love you, those of us who have trusted in your saving work, Jesus, we realize and recognize again this morning that we have been justified through faith. And so, Father, we pray that we would live in the light of that wonderful new standing that we have before you. We would live as justified people. We would live as your your children at peace with you and in your grace and our whole lives would demonstrate that. 
as we are ruthless at eliminating sin, as we are passionate about sharing you with our neighbors, as we are bold and faithful in our obedience to you. Lord, would you help us? Would you empower us by your spirit as you have promised to do? And Father, for those who who haven't bowed the knee before you yet, God, I pray that you would help them to see the seriousness of their state before you. And also, Father, recognize then the joyful salvation that you are offering. Lord, that they would come to you, surrender their lives to you, plead for your forgiveness of sin, and trust in the saving, completed, finished work of Christ, who has taken the penalty of sin upon himself so that we might be clothed in his righteousness. Oh, we praise you this morning. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, our just and holy and loving God, the one who justifies. May you be glorified, we pray, in everything we do. Amen.